Hi, this is Pastor Bobby Andy, and today we're taking up again Matthew chapter 24. Today we're going to the dividing line between the first and second half of the tribulation when Antichrist sets up his throne and kicks off the great tribulation, the second half, which is the worst time in all of history. Join us today. You're going to be blessed. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you today with us, joining us for the Word of God. We're in Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25, dealing with end times, the times we're living in, and breaking that down. So again, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of this. We'll be going on into next week on this particular subject and being a blessing to you. And with a lot of confusion around and people saying this and that and prophets saying this and that, we're coming back to what does the word of God have to say? Breaking it down verse by verse in Matthew 24 and Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus lays these out. If you're just joining us and you've been with us for a while, well, thank you for joining us and thank you for being with us for a while. And uh, for those of you that have been longtime watchers, really thank you. You guys are great. And I get letters from you and notes from you and things that are going on. And so again, thank you so much for becoming a part of this. And if you'd like to become a partner, many of those have been watching for a long time. I mean, they, they watch and all of a sudden they feel like, I want to become a part of this and join Pastor Bob as a partner. We're joined in heart first because you look at the Word of God and when it's explained, all the revelation comes to you. They can only come from the Word of God. And again, you become grateful for it. And you want to support this so that others too can watch this and view this and grow by it. So if you'd like to become a partner and join this wonderful team that surrounds me, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there that you can become a partner with us. And again, thank you for those of you about to join us. I want to give you again one more outline of Matthew 24. And then we'll get to chapter 25 and kind of lay it out. But the outline of Matthew chapter 24 is this. The introduction is found in verses one through three. And in those three verses, the disciples asked Jesus three questions. They walked out of the temple. Jesus said, not one stone will be left on another. And when they got Jesus over to the Mount of Olives, man, they just bombarded him with three questions. Number one, when will these things be? What will what things be? When will what things be? The destruction of the temple. And Jesus didn't answer this here in Matthew. He answered in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 24. Then the next two questions he did answer here in Matthew. Jesus answered all three questions, but Matthew recorded the answer to two and three, and Luke recorded the answer to question number one. And so the chapter's broken down this way. Verses one through three, again, introduction. Verses four through eight is the church age. Although it's not called the church age, it's what Jesus said, you'll see this come to pass very soon. And he talked about distress among nations, war among nations. He talked about these types of things and said a kingdom against kingdom and nation against nation. You'll see pestilence, earthquakes, all these things. We're seeing that today. He said, all these things must come to pass. And he said, it's actually the earth experiencing birth pangs and the child that will be delivered later on is not something terrible. The birth pangs are painful, but what's going to come will be the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. That's what the earth is pregnant with. And so he mentions that in these verses of scripture. So verses four through eight, again, is the church age. Verse nine starts the tribulation and goes through verse 27. Nine through 27 is the tribulation. In fact, he starts that this way, then shall they deliver you. Jews. They'll deliver you into tribulation. So the tribulation starts in verse 9. And so between verse 8 and verse 9, the church is taken out, but Jesus doesn't mention it here. It's not mentioned till the epistles because 
they would not understand it because the rapture is part of the mystery, what was hidden in the Old Testament, revealed in the New. Many, many things that we have that was not available back then, or as it says in Hebrews, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So here we have it in verses 9 through 27 is the tribulation. And then the second coming of Jesus Christ is found in verse 27 through 51, where he literally comes to the earth and his feet touch and he takes over the earth, rules and reigns. And this is the beginning of his 1000 year reign. And that will go on into chapter 25. So last time we were here, we ended and we came down here to verse 15, and we again went through the first half of the tribulation, and the first half of the tribulation is found in verses 9 through uh, 14. Again, what I wanted to point out to you, and I don't want you to miss this, is chapter 24 and chapter 25 is in chronological order. And notice the first word of verse 9 is then, then when, then when the tribulation begins. And again, the first half of the tribulation, uh, first three and a half years of the seven years is found in verses 9 through 14. Then shall they deliver you Jews up to be afflicted. And the Greek word here is into tribulation. The tribulation begins here in verse 9. And remember, the center focus of the tribulation found back in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, is your people and your holy city. Your people are the Jews and your holy city is Jerusalem. You want to find the center hub of all prophecy, of which all prophecy revolves around. It's that verse of scriptures, that section of verse of scriptures back in Daniel chapter 9. And literally, it's bring it back to it. You want to find out what's going on in the nations of the world and how close we are to the coming of Jesus Christ. Look at the Jews and look at Jerusalem. Verse 10 says, and then, then when, then when the tribulation begins, many will be offended. And so we went through those verses last time and we ended there and we ended with the fact that it says in verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations and then will the end, the end of the tribulation come. So although this will and probably can be fulfilled in the church age, its real meaning here is the gospel of the kingdom. We preach today the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace, the gospel of, of the blessings of God, the gospel of freedom, all these different things that the New Testament describes as our gospel. But this verse describes as the gospel of the kingdom. And the main preaching that will go on during the time of the tribulation is the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is coming. Say, so how can they say that when they don't know when it's going to come? They will. When Jesus said that no man knows the time when the uh, coming of the Lord is, and that's the time of the second advent, the second coming of Jesus to rule and reign. Once the rapture takes place, then the book of Revelation tells the exact number of days that it will be the first half of the second half of the tribulation so they can have it down to the day when Jesus Christ is coming back. This is how precise the tribulation is as far as we knowing the numbers of the days of it because it's told us in the book of Revelation. But until the rapture comes, we don't know when those days begin. Once the rapture comes, bam. I mean, the next moment the tribulation comes, the next seconds the tribulation begins and to Christ shows himself and man, this clock is ticking off and God lets us know the exact number of days that's going to happen during the first and second half of the tribulation. All right, so we took that verse up in verse 14, that the gospel will be preached in all the world to a witness to all nations. And so I brought up four means of evangelism at the end of last the broadcast and four means of evangelism that will happen during the tribulation. And there's two for the first half and there's two for the second half. The first half is this. During the first half, the first thing that happens 
happens after Jesus comes for the church is 144,000 Jews receive Jesus as Savior, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. This is Revelation chapter 7. And notice that whenever the church is gone, evangelism and discipleship, that is the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the word, all shifts back to Israel. Israel had it before the church age began. God took it away, gave it to the church. We'll take it back away and go back to where it was intended in the first place, the nation of Israel. 144,000 Jews received Jesus. The second way during the first half is the tribulational saints will be preaching the gospel and also into the second half also but they start in the first half. The last half of the tribulation, the last three and a half years is this, is that the two witnesses will be also preaching the gospel. Revelation chapter 11, verses one through 14. And also in Revelation 14, verses six and seven, angels will be preaching the gospel for major sweeps of evangelism during the time of the tribulation. And believe me, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. The tribulation will be the greatest time of world evangelism ever. More people will be brought into the kingdom during the midst of when Satan's trying to destroy this planet, that God will see to it people are born again by the multitudes during that time. Many will go to heaven as martyrs, but many will stay on this earth and get to go into the millennial reign of Jesus Christ with their natural bodies to have children during that time. We will have resurrection bodies after the rapture. We cannot have children, but during the millennium, the thousand years, the earth will be occupied by those in resurrection bodies, that's us, and those who came through the tribulation still having their regular normal bodies, and they'll have many, many children throughout that thousand years and population explosion will take place. So let's talk about the middle of the tribulation because again, verses nine through 14 was the first half of the tribulation. Let's take a look at the second half of the tribulation, which the Bible calls the great tribulation. In other words, the first half is bad, but the second half is horrible. It is desolation everywhere. And the reason why is in the middle of the tribulation, three and a half years into it, Antichrist breaks his treaty with Israel. He set up a seven-year treaty in the beginning of the tribulation. They see him as the leader of world peace. He's going to bring peace to the world. And, and so Israel signs in with this guy. And then halfway through the tribulation, they find out he's really Antichrist. And he comes forth with vengeance walks into the temple, sits down in this place reserved for Messiah and begins to rule there with, with terrible, terrible consequences, killing Jews as far as can be seen. And God's gonna give them now a place where they can go to those who know the Lord, accepted him during the first half. And the moment that the Antichrist sits down in the temple, they are commanded to run and God tells them where to run. Look at verse 15, when, 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 when? When the second half of the tribulation begins, you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of. Here it is by Daniel the prophet. We come back to what we began with in this broadcast, and that is Daniel's 70 weeks. And during the 70th week, that seven year period, this is the tribulation broken down into two halves of which Daniel chapter nine and verse 27 told us of the second half of the tribulation. So when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. This again is part of Daniel 70 weeks and the 70th, the last. Daniel 9, 27, stand in the holy place. This is the temple. 
and in the holy of holies. Stand in the holy place. Whoever reads, let him understand. Notice this. If you want to know what to do during the tribulation, don't follow after all the prophets. Don't follow after all those preaching unless they preach the word of God. Follow after the word of God and understand this. It says in verse 16, then, then when, then when the second half of the tribulation begins, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, run to the mountains. And we're also told in Daniel chapter 11, what these three mountain ranges are. It says, let them run to the mountains. Three mountain ranges, Edom, Moab, and Ammon. These are found again in Daniel chapter 11 and verse 41. I want you to notice something here. Let those who are in Judea, because there'll be people out there listening right now say, yeah, but I live in Kansas. What about Kansas? And I live in New York. What about New York? I live in California. I live in Colorado. And you name all the places you live. And I want you to notice something. It doesn't say those who are in New York. It says those who are in Judea. So here's the point of it is God simply has the word of God for the rest of the world, but specific things for the nation of Israel. This is the center hub of all prophecy. Notice it doesn't say let those who are in Oklahoma, where I live, run to the mountains. Okay, in some places, if you live in Kansas, you have a long way to run to find some mountains. Here again, it says, let those who are in Judea run to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. In these verses, we find here that throughout all the operations and things going on in daily life, the moment they hear that the abomination of desolation, that Antichrist has set up his image in and set down in the temple, now is the time to run, no matter where you are. We'll take this up when we come back. What a great blessing. You'll find out how you can have a book on this, my book on end times. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
All right, let's go back again to verse 16. Then, then when, then when the second half of the tribulation begins, let those who are in Judea run to the mountains. Three mountain ranges of Edom, Moab, and Ammon. Why does God say this? If you'll run up there, apparently what God has is divine protection over that area. If you'll go there and stay there, Satan cannot come into the mountains to get you. What we're going to find later on is he's going to try to get them to come out of the mountains. Show them pictures of Jesus, probably videos of Jesus coming into houses looking for people. And he's going to warn them later, this is not how Jesus is going to return. This is all staged. This is all a lie to get you to come down from the mountain so that he can kill you. But if you go to the mountain and stay there, you can actually be preserved all the way through the second half of the tribulation. Verse 17 says, let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. When they're running through the streets yelling and out into the, out into the fields and they're yelling, uh, the abomination of desolation has just been set up. They have known long enough about the time when this is going to happen, the middle of the tribulation, expecting it at any moment. And the moment you hear about it, run as fast as you can. Don't come back. Notice what this says in verse 17. Let him who is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of of his house. If you're on the housetop, run. Now you say, what were people doing on the housetop? This is a re- actually a reference to on the top of the houses where they built porches. And this is what people do at the, at the, in the cool of the day. Remember when David went walking out on, on his, on his balcony and all this was on, this was his rooftop. And he saw, you know, at that time Bathsheba bathing. Well, this is what they did back in those days. So the housetop was where you went to get cool. And, you know, as the sun was going down, and this is where people relaxed at the end of the day. It's kind of like your backyard or your front porch. Okay, that's what they did. But it says the moment you hear that, run as fast as you can. Don't even go in and grab clothes. You don't have time because the armies will be coming through the streets to kill you and take you in and take you into jail and prison. So run as fast as you can. Next of all, let him who is in the field not return back to take his clothes. There'll be people out there working in the field. If you're out there on your combine, if you're out there on your tractor and somebody comes running by yelling the abomination, Jump down off of it and don't even go back to where you your home is. Just run as fast as you can toward those mountains. Verse 19, woe to them who are with child and to those who breastfeed in those days. What's this saying? Listen, running's hard enough and going to the mountains, but trying to carry a newborn with you, that's one feeding on your breast is going to be tough. Pray that won't happen to you because it'll slow you down just enough to where you may get caught. Verse 20, pray that your flight's not in the winter and neither on the Sabbath day. Pray that when this, this occurrence comes, that it's not winter time because listen, mountains are tough, but even tougher in the winter with snow, neither on the Sabbath day because there's nothing opened on the Sabbath day. I've been to Israel, even on the Sabbath now, there's certain things you can't buy, can buy, and it's just tough to get anything because why? You should pack up on Friday for Saturday. And so he goes on to say in verse 21, for then, then when the middle of the tribulation shall be great tribulation. The first half was terrible. The second half is incredibly terrible. And that's why it says, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. This will be the worst time in all history. Nothing will compare before it. Nothing will compare after it. This three and a half years will be the worst time in all history for wars, for famine, for 
60 people dying by the multitudes. And that's why it says in verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I can't say it any plainer than this. And don't take this as just Bible ease. The Bible is being specific that this will be the worst time in all history. The worst wars will go on and it will culminate with the worst war ever fought and ever will be fought. And that will be the battle of Armageddon. Verse 22, except those days should be shortened or short. What it's simply saying is, thank God it only lasts three and a half years, but it's going to be the three and a half years of hell on earth the outpouring of Satan's vengeance because he knows he only has a short time before the return of Jesus and he's going to gather as many armies together. He's going to try to kill as many Jews as possible. If he can wipe out the Jewish nation, fine. If he can keep his antichrist on the throne in Jerusalem, fine. Because if that happens, then Jesus Christ cannot come and rule from there. And so the Bible is not true and God is found to be a liar. If God's found to be a liar, then Satan says, I'm right here to take it over. The king of lies, I'm here to take it over. And now we found out that God is a liar, but God cannot be a liar. His word is truth. Verse 22, except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Thank God it only lasts for three and a half years. He says, if it went one day longer, there would be no flesh saved on the earth. Jesus comes at the last possible second to save Jerusalem and Israel and the world. For the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. God looks down and sees those people being saved and God comes for their cries, but also to preserve Israel. And he's going to wait until the very end of the tribulation, the very last day before Jesus Christ comes back. Verse 23, then, then when? Then in the second half of the tribulation, the worst time in all world history, if any man says to you, look, here is Christ or there, don't believe it. They're gonna be in the mountains. These Jews that are in Edom, Moab, and Ammon. They're probably going to have televisions. They're going to have internet, whatever it may be, and see what's going on around the world. And then if somebody comes on and says, look, Jesus has come back. Don't believe it. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets who will show great signs and wonders. And believe me, they're not true signs and wonders. These are lying signs and wonders through demonic powers imitating the power of God in so much that if possible, they will deceive the very elect. I want you to notice to say they can't deceive the elect. It says if possible, they will deceive the very elect because why? There'll be people up there in the mountains that don't know a lot of the word of God, but probably knew enough to know it's time to run out of here and get to the mountains. But they're gonna be down there. Look at what it says in verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. This isn't the first time I've told you this. Daniel prophesied, and it's been in the Old Testament, in the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the different prophets of the Old Testament have foretold about this time. And he says, this isn't the first time I've told you, I've told you before. Wherefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, don't get out of the mountains. Don't leave. Behold, he's in your secret chamber. That's your bedroom. Look, Jesus is in your bedroom. Don't believe it. So they're going to show pictures of Jesus walking through the desert, saying, where are you guys? I've come for you. And they're going to be up in the mountains and some idiot's going to go, oh, that's Jesus. He's come for me. And the, and the people around him say, don't leave, don't leave. He's going to come running down the mountain and be killed when he gets there. It also says he's in the secret chambers. They're actually going to have pictures showing he's in your bedroom. You go, that's my bedroom. And Jesus is looking for me. Be in there. James, where are you? Where are you? I've been looking for you. And he and his wife are going to grab hands and run down the mountain and be killed. It says, don't believe it. Those are signs, wonders being done. Even though they look like supernatural miracles, it is lying signs and wonders. These are not true prophets. They're false prophets. If they contradict the word of God, do not 
believe it. We're seeing around us today so many prophets rising up, prophesying things that are not coming to pass. And one of the greatest ways to tell if a person is telling the truth or not or under the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you something that it doesn't come to pass. And we're seeing that today. And what happens is this is going to multiply into the tribulation. We're seeing right now the beginnings of the tribulation around us, even though the tribulation hasn't begun. Are we seeing pestilence? Yes. Are we seeing lack of food? Yes. Are we seeing wars and rumors of wars? Yes. Are we seeing distress among nations? Are we just seeing an increase in tornadoes and hurricanes and, and tsunamis and things like that? The answer is double yes, triple yes. We're seeing it happen around us, but the end is not yet. And when the rapture occurs, then that's when the end is going to come. When the church is removed, the last possible thing coming against Antichrist and against Satan, and we are removed, Antichrist will show himself, Satan will show himself, and the earth will enter into the seven-year period. But even in the midst of it, God tells you how to come out of it on the other side. If you don't live in Jerusalem, you live in New York, whatever, just follow the word of God. Put your faith and trust in him, because the God who has kept you today will keep you then. Of course, if you're watching me right now, you're gonna go up in the rapture. But if you're watching me right now and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh my God, give your heart to Jesus. Just put your faith and trust in him and say, Jesus, I accept you as the Lord of my life. I'm not gonna wait for you to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. I want you to sit on the throne of my heart even right now. I open up my life and say, Jesus, I get off the throne of my life and I turn my Lordship over to you, not to myself. I see you as my Lord. I am no longer my Lord. I'm no longer longer my director, you are it, and come and save me. I give my life to you. I believe that not only did you die for me, but you were raised from the dead for me and now are seated in heaven for me. And I'm planning to come and see you and give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This will be the time right here of this one. Also, the mark of the beast will be in this earth. You can't buy or sell anything. Are we already seeing that today? Not the fact that this is the tribulation, but we're seeing the precursors of these things coming to pass around us. And so now beginning in verse 27, we have Jesus' second coming. Down through this verse of scripture, that's the first and second half of the tribulation. We just talked about the second half of the tribulation here in these verses of scripture. And again, as Jesus was talking here about then shall be great tribulation. This is the second half. But beginning in verse 27, we're now going to talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Whenever the tribulation reaches its worst point and coming to the very ending of it, as things get worse and worse and worse, Jesus is going to come at the very last minute. Let me tell you why. We're told over in the book of Peter that, again, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as one day. And the reason why that the Lord keeps waiting another day and another day, when we're crying out on this earth, Lord, how many more abortions is there going to be? How many more Christians are going to be martyred around the world? And we're saying, well, Lord, why don't you come? It says for one reason, and that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. In other words, it's one more day for one more person to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's why even during the tribulation with the worst time in all history, God keeps waiting another day and another day. And here's what's going to happen. He's going to wait until Antichrist's army has taken half of Jerusalem in one day. And the second day, they're going to come back and take the second half of Jerusalem and 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 Satan's going to basically say, we're one day away from me being the ruler of this world. You know what's going to happen? The night 
before Jesus comes back, the whole world will go black. This is all found back in the book of Joel. The whole earth will go dark throughout the nighttime. And the next day they're gonna wake up and it'll be totally dark and they can't see their hand in front of their, their face. And that darkness is gonna cover the earth and God's gonna give them 24 hours to accept Jesus as Lord and say, this will be the final 24 hours to accept Jesus. After this time is over, that's when people will flee to the mountains and can't die. They're gonna to try to get away from the presence of the Lord. They'll call on the Lord, but they can't be saved. And at the end of that 24 hours, Jesus is gonna come back as lightning from the east to the west. We'll come to that in these verses of scripture when we come back next time. We'll come back and talk about this in, in session number six. So all that'll be brought out at that time. But understand this, every day that you're here is one more day and God's calling on your life. Is Stop complaining about all the problems of the world and start winning souls to Jesus Christ. That's why we are here. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Whoever believes will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be damned. And this, this gospel will increase during the time of the tribulation. But why wait till then? Accept Jesus now and you'll get to go up to the rapture and meet Jesus Christ and be with him. During the time this is going on on earth, you'll be with him in heaven. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.